when I saw this NATO news drop and the 90,000 troops, this massive largest exercise since the Cold War, where they will be deploying 90,000 troops, including what we're told, and this is out of Stars and Stripes, they say reinforcements from North America. <laughs> Guess that. Guess what, boys and girls? That means us. That means American men and American women are going to be there in Poland, in the Baltics. Of course, most of this will be taking place on the territory of Poland. Everybody knows that I've been talking about Poland lately. I've been specifically highlighting Poland, of course, because of its proximity to Ukraine. And then, of course, because of the new globalist commissars that have taken over the country. They're locking up their, uh, their officials left and right, the opposition officials, locking up a former foreign minister. Uh, just yesterday, uh, the the reprisals continue. What? But Alex, a few weeks ago, you and I were getting fact checked and uh, corrected, and we're getting really slapped down because what what did we say? We said that Poland would be used for troops to agitate, or something would happen, potentially a flat a flashbang, a uh, false flag to be used to incite a wider war with Russia. And we came on this program and we've been talking about it and they said, it's not possible. That's crazy. They're never going to do this. And then all of a sudden, what does NATO do? They turn around and they announce the largest war games in Poland, in, of course, Poland and the Baltic region since the Cold War. And they say, we're going to be simulating, we're going to be simulating conflict with a near peer competitor. Okay, that's military speak. That's that's uh, interagency speak for it's going to be a war game with Russia. Lie to you about what's happening now. Infowars tells you the truth about what's happening next. All right, folks, we've just got him for about 20 minutes. Jack Posobiec is one of the best analysts out there, great patriot, reporter, journalist, and of course, former naval intelligence, big part of the last two, and now the third Trump campaign to restore our republic. And he joins us now. Of course, he's with humanevents.com. You can find him at Jack Posobiec on X and everywhere else. Hard to miss Jack Posobiec. I, I asked Jack this morning to come on despite his busy schedule because uh, we have NATO mobilizing 90,000 troops. Uh, we have the German government top document leaking that they believe war is imminent. We have the Swedish defense minister saying prepare for war last week. We have the British Ministry of Defense saying this is the march to larger wars. Uh, this is a big development. We have them putting in this... Uh, I mean, EU puppet, uh, there is the prime minister in Poland. And then meanwhile, Jack has said, watch for Pakistan, India, uh, and Iran to be a potential flare point. Now they're firing missiles at each other. Uh, we also have some big pipe bomb news uh, that's come out revealed. A plainclothes police officer discovered the DNC pipe bomb. And now Jack has, of course, posted on X that it's basically identical to the FBI training pipe bombs they use. So I'm going to try to give Jack the floor. We've got uh, 22 minutes of airtime with him. Jack Posobiec. Alex, thanks again so much for having me on. And of course, we're still in the prep work for Human Events Daily, which comes up later. But you know, I really wanted to get on with you because when I saw this NATO news drop and the 90,000 troops this massive largest exercise since the Cold War, where they will be deploying 90,000 troops, including what we're told, and this is out of Stars and Stripes, they say reinforcements from North America. <laughs> Guess that. Guess what, boys and girls? That means us. That means American men and American women are going to be there in Poland, in the Baltics. Of course, most of this will be taking place on the territory of Poland. Everybody knows that I've been talking about Poland lately. I've been specifically highlighting Poland 
of course, because of its proximity to Ukraine, and then, of course, because of the new globalist commissars that have taken over the country. They're locking up their, uh, their officials left and right, the opposition officials, locking up a former foreign minister. Uh, just yesterday, uh, the, the reprisals continue. What? But Alex, a few weeks ago, you and I were getting fact-checked and uh, corrected, and we're getting really slapped down because what, what did we say? We said that Poland would be used for troops to agitate or something would happen, potentially a, fla- a flashbang, a uh, false flag to be used to incite a wider war with Russia. And we came on this program and we've been talking about it and they said, it's not possible, that's crazy, they're never going to do this. And then all of a sudden, what does NATO do? They turn around and they announce the largest war games in Poland, in of course, Poland and the Baltic region since the Cold War. And they say, we're gonna be simulating, we're gonna be simulating conflict with a near peer competitor. Okay, that's military speak, that's that's uh, interagency speak for, it's going to be a war game with Russia. Uh, they're going to be wargaming, fighting Russia on Ukrainian territory. Look, you know, I've been to Poland, I've been to Ukraine, I've been been very familiar with this region. Um, uh, the, the the territory, the terrain, it's almost identical from Poland into Ukraine. This is lowlands, this is flat, this is farmland. Uh, they're going to have potentially mock-ups of Russian tanks, the T-90s, T-70s, that will be going up against it. And we're already, by the way, seeing uh, some of this in action because there's already NATO armor and NATO equipment being used and in Jack, the war Jack, in Ukraine just next door. We can have our archivists go and find it, but people were tuned in. A lot of people, millions saw you say it. It went viral on X. You said two months ago, I'm worried they're going to put a NATO EU puppet in control of Poland to mobilize it for a wartime economy as a direct conduit into Ukraine to continue the war. And, and now, indeed, all that's happened. You warned, I think they'll fire some more missiles into Poland, blame it on Russia. They did that three days after you predicted it. So you've been absolutely in the zeitgeist, dead on. Tell us what you think's coming next. Uh, is Ukraine serious about a peace deal? There's all this big talk in mainstream news about a coup against Zelensky, putting the defense minister in. What are the pieces here, and how do we get peace? Look, I, I think Zelensky is going to come back from this World Economic Forum empty-handed. And it's very simple uh, because people know inside and outside that Zelensky isn't the guy calling the shots. Remember, the Chinese delegation to the World Economic Forum refused to even meet with Zelensky. He said, he said, please come. And this is like one of their junior diplomats. It wasn't even the foreign minister. And even that guy said, no, we're not interested. We don't have any room on our schedule for you. That shows how far his status has fallen really since the 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 eye of of everything has turned to the Middle East over the past couple of weeks. We'll talk about that in a minute here since October 7th. But what Zelensky has realized is that he's living on borrowed time. He's not the guy. He's not interested in making a peace deal with Russia. But at this point, right, at this point, he needs to understand and what I would say to Zelensky, and I've been saying this for over a year now. NATO does not want a peace deal with Russia. NATO wants you to go down with the ship. Do you understand? You and your country are being used. You're like the end of the pencil. They are going to use you down until there's nothing but a nub left. And then maybe then they'll continue on because they've been seeking this wider war with Russia for over a decade now. These people are hell bent on it. People like Victoria Nuland, people and like Tony they'll use Blinken. Zelensky as this a reset. And they'll use Zelensky as a reset to blame all the failures on him and then try to have a new military reset with a provocation 
with Moldova or with Poland. I mean, clearly that's that's how this playbook works. What do you expect to happen next? Look, I said before, you know, Zelensky's Zelensky's role as a hero is pretty much tapped out. There's no juice left. There isn't any water left in that well. But there's one card left to play, and that's Zelensky as the martyr. Uh, Zelensky as the victorious martyr who uh, wouldn't leave his country and said, don't send me a plane, send me ammo. And you have these ridiculous people selling T-shirts of him uh, and calling themselves America first at the same time. And and no, they, they will try to take whatever legacy is built into his brand and then translate that into. And by the way, when I'm laying all this up, you say, oh, you're just speculating. This is exactly what we did in South Vietnam. This was the exact CIA playbook of South Vietnam with the South Vietnamese prime minister, No Dinh Diem. They used him. He was a hero. He was this great man who was standing up against communism. He was standing up in the fight for freedom. And then all the way to the point where the Tet Offensive happens and then things aren't going well. And then whoop, he gets taken out. And now he's a martyr. And now we got to send people back over because that's We've got to do it for him. So they'll say, we have to do it for Zelensky. That's why we've got to get involved. That's why NATO's got to get involved. That's why Poland has to send its uh, peacekeeping forces in. Look, all of this, unfortunately, looks like it's unfolding before our eyes, which I was wrong. I would love to be proven wrong on this stuff. Uh, you, but when you I said see the headlines every day, it seems like this is the direction we're marching. You said that three months ago, two months ago, a month ago. You've been 100% dead on, which is frightening. So looking at this, is there is there... Any hope to a peace deal, because we hear about peace deals, now Zelensky's desperate is talking about a peace deal, but NATO doesn't want a peace deal. We have, the, as you know, Bild reporting four days ago that the, 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 the top of the German defense ministry believes war with Russia is imminent. Um, now we see the call-up of troops, just as we said three weeks ago. Uh, we have the defense minister of Sweden publicly saying, go buy food and water and gasoline, get ready for war. You have the British defense ministry saying the same thing. But again, it's not even getting big attention. They're saying we're on a war path with Russia and it should be the top story. It's not. So what does all that signify? And do you think there, there well, could look, be- Germany, this, this is a, Germany right now is in dire, well, the German government, I should say, is in dire straits. Olaf Scholz is at the lowest popularity he's ever had in his entire chancellorship uh, Angela Merkel never got to this point during her entire decade plus in that same role. He's basically her heir over there. You could see the farmers in the streets. You could see the tractors. We could see the truckers getting involved. In fact, even some Polish truckers were getting involved in the German protest. I said, when the Poles and the Germans are on the same side against you, you know you messed up. Um, and so Olaf Schultz is getting completely desperate. He's in a desperation play. He might, and then AFD completely on the rise over there. If you go and look what AFD is doing, they are rising so much that they're trying to ban them even as a party. That's your your right wing, your your pro um, your pro nationalist kind of kind of party over there. And so Olaf Schultz is in danger of losing his chancellorship. And when people get desperate like that, Alex, it pushes them to do desperate things and make desperate moves. Hail Mary plays. This is the reason that we're starting to see now Germany talk more about getting involved in war. Now, I do appreciate the fact, and I'll add this to the analysis, that the German Bundestag just voted against giving cruise missiles, uh, long-range cruise missiles to Ukraine. And of course, that's not coming from Scholz, that's coming from the Bundestag, because you know what, Alex, here's the thing, the dirty little secret is, all of this is happening because Germany cut off their access to low cost energy that they were getting through those pipelines, that Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which by the way, was not blown up by Russia. It was blown up. Look, 
Obviously, with U.S. assets, obviously with U.S. help, probably some Ukrainian forces were involved. Uh, looks like the operation came out of Poland. But at the end of the day, look, you, you take the industrial espionage out of it. What was the point? The goal was the destruction of the industrial core of Germany, right? All those great German cars that we see around with the Volkswagens, the BMWs, the luxury models, the Audis. Uh, well, that's what Newland famously said, as you know, like not, like eight years ago in the tape that got recorded by the Russians, they admit it was real. They said, hey, a war in Ukraine is going to hurt Europe. And she said, fuck Europe. Yeah. Look, remember what Lord Ismay said. The first commander of NATO, Lord Ismay, laid out the policies for NATO. He said it's very clear. Right. And there's a British uh, British general. He said the, the purpose of NATO is to keep Russia out, to keep the U.S. in and to keep Germany down. And you look at the way these moves have been playing out for the last two years, it's exactly as he said. No, you're right. Germany's the real target. So, so we're talking next level here. You have devastated, and I'm not kissing your ass, it's true, folks. Nobody's done analysis like this the last three months. Jack has been scarily on target. Now, you wish you weren't right. Give us bad case scenarios and good case scenarios. Can we get peace? What's that scenario? What's the percentage in your mind? Guesstimation, dead reckoning, and then what's the bad scenario? Tell us what you don't want to happen, but you think is going to happen. Well, I'd, I'd give it maybe a 25% chance, but I would say in, in terms of an actual peace deal. But what's actually going to happen is, look, Ukraine is going to be turned into a rump state. And then the real question is, will NATO be used as the world police force of the uh, the globalist order, the new world order, whatever you want to call it, the globalists in Brussels. Look, they even are talking publicly now about the Atlanticist access uh, that exists at the World Economic Forum. They're saying this from the stage. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, they were calling you Tim. When you, Alex, were saying that NATO would be used as this, you were you were derided as a conspiracy theorist. Now they're at, up there at the World Economic Forum. Well, that was in their documents that they would use a world crisis. Yeah, they said 20 years ago, we'll use a crisis with Russia to 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 elevate NATO to the world police force. It's it's exactly right. And this is what they've always done. And this is why when Trump came around and Trump said, look, if, if the Soviet Union's not around anymore, why don't we turn NATO into a, you know, a counterterrorism organization, a counter trafficking, narco trafficking, sex trafficking, child trafficking? Wouldn't that be great if we could all work together, make them sort of like a, you know, an Interpol police force with military assistance and intel? And we could all go after all these traffickers. Terrorists? No, no. And the reason is, is because they're running all those networks and they've been running those networks from the very start. And now they're arresting the political opposition. The power play. Now, now they're arresting the political opposition, which you predicted months ago, in Poland. So what's the timeline of wider war? Why are these documents coming out that NATO believes their war? Why would anyone do this? And then we got to, because you got to go, you got to for your own show in like for 35 minutes. Let's get in to the Middle East, because again, we can pull the clips up, folks. You said months ago, uh, right after October 7th, you were on like the week after, you said. Well, I'll put it this way, Alex, I'll put it this way. The, ch the chess pieces are being moved around right now, because it's winter. So as we're in winter, as those fighting fields are non-operable for these big pushes, these big moves, uh, they, they are going to be unoperable. And then you're still not going to be able to see that in the spring because as the ice thaws in this area, then you're going to get to the muddy season. So there'll still be a, a bit of time. But when summer rolls around, so we're talking about six months time from Look now, for provocations. That's when you potentially see major, major pushes. And by the way, the Russians are massing on their side as well because they know about this. Look, best I, I would say best case scenario at this point is a Ukraine that's split in two. 
where you've got sort of an east-west scenario, um, kind of like Germany at the end of World War II, where you get uh, you know east-west Germany. I think that's probably the best case scenario, and then a, a frozen conflict where it, you know there won't be peace, but there'll be a a, a ceasefire and armistice. But worst case, Poland thing, is pushed into full war there. as a proxy. Then then the NATO claims, oh, there's an attack on a NATO country, and we go to full war. Yeah, the, the absolute worst case scenario is the invocation of Article 5, and it always has been. And this is why you see people constantly attempting. Look, Ukraine, Zelensky went to the World Economic Forum and went up there and said, your troops need to come over here and fight our war. He said that on the stage in Switzerland, in Davos, standing next to Klaus Schwab, your troops need to fight our war. And now What's U.S. He, troops. What does that mean? He's talking about Article 5. That's right. And now U.S. troops are being mobilized for part of this NATO op war game show. In the, in the seven minutes we have left, or six minutes, let's hit the incredible developments in the Middle East. You said months ago, a few, like a week after October 7th, you said, this is an Iranian-Chinese trap. We're being lured in. Look for them to try to attack the Red Sea, close Strait of Hormuz. Now it's all happening. Uh, now Iran has hit Pakistan. Pakistan has hit Iran. I mean, this is, this is the stuff of World War III. Well, Alex, it is the stuff of World War III, but I, I want to remind people to go play that game of the map again, right? It's all about the maps. It's all about the maps, right? The maps will cut through the rhetoric. So where is Balochistan? So Balochistan is the separatist group that operates on both sides of the border between Pakistan and Iran. But what, and, and so they attack the Iranians, they attack the Pakistanis, but at the same time, you've got I, Pakistan's ISI um, military over there, their military intelligence, which are directly tied to the CIA, constantly used to provocate against Iran. Iran provocates back, and then they blame it on the Balochistan separatists. These are intel operations going against each other. And so, when, when you're looking at this, what is it directly across from, Alex? It's directly across from the Strait of Hormuz. This is why this area is so key, because if they are able to send missiles back and forth on that side of the border, now you're right. Now you're at the mouth of the Persian Gulf, the mouth of the oil flow of the entire world. If they're able to shut that down on either side, whether it's whether it's Pakistan, so you know that's CIA sending a message, and then Iran sending their message right back saying, we are willing to fight back whatever you do. Okay, now you've got all of these competing interests. Again, this is the friction point like, like two tectonic plates. This is the tectonic friction line between the empires. So you've got Persia, and then you've got Pakistan, which is still aligned with the globalist American empire on some things, but at the same time, Pakistan is kind of a wild card because they've also got direct ties to who's right across their border in China. So this is a very, very dangerous. And this is how world here. wars break and out. I know that I. This is exactly how world wars break out. It's exactly how World War One broke out because you had secret alliances, you had national security agencies all playing games with each other while the people were kept in the middle. Incredibly dangerous. All right, let's 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 hit the pipe bomb news because you've been all over this being a federal drill. And to draw well, this, resources this photo, away. Right, this photo that that Human Events received uh, from a source very late last night, um, who you know, it, uh, I'll just say it's a federal source um, that sent this in. And and look, you know, anybody who's been in uh, military intelligence or federal law enforcement, uh, I ran with EOD a couple of times in uh, different parts of the world where I was deployed as an intel officer attached to EOD units. Um, and I said, look, these, these training material, that bomb that came out looks exactly like the training materials that we would use every single day in, in the military, in the field. And so people are saying, well, wait, 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 that looks fake. I said, that's my point. 
is it's you're supposed to know that it looks fake. So anyone who's had any training before will say, yeah, it's a training aid. That's not a real pipe bomb. But at the same time, of course, when you're when you're running capital security, when you know it's January 6th, you have to take it seriously and you have to call it in as it is. Of course, the other big news that we got and and, and so the photo that I posted, uh, which does come from a federal facility, is the exact same end caps, the exact same pipes, the exact same timers that you see on uh, on the pipe bomb, which is recovered on January 6th, planted, of course, January 5th. The real question now, the biggest question, I know Darren Beatty, we're going to have him on the show on Human Events later today, is the timing. Alex, the timing of this was exactly, the timing of the finding of the pipe bomb was exactly as people were first, those, those first early waves were penetrating uh, areas of the lawn and knocking down barricades because when a lot of the Trump supporters got there, they said, what barricades? What barricades on the lawn? What are you talking about? There's no barricades or I didn't cross a barricade. I just walked on the lawn like I would any other day. I take my kids on that lawn for years. No one, no one's ever seen barricades there before. And so the finding of this pipe bomb creates a, a chain reaction whereby in house, the house offices on, on that side of the Capitol are evacuated. This is what leads AOC to scream. They're coming for me. They're coming for me, which of course, remember she, AOC, this is very, this is very, very suspicious because AOC said they're coming for me before anyone had even arrived at the Capitol. No one was even there yet. So why did she think people were coming in? And we have Pelosi with the TV crews and all of it, a big production. They hoped it would have gone. From your research, Jack. Oh, and I haven't said it yet. I haven't said it yet, but the buried lead on this is that we've always been told it was a passerby who made that phone call in. Now we know that it was a plainclothes law enforcement officer. And why did they try to cover that up, Jack? That's a great question, Alex. That's a great question because I'd love to know, were you really just walking by there? Were you really just walking by, deciding to take a look at the at the back of that fence? Or did someone tell you to go look behind the, hey man, hey, go, go check behind the bench. Did you get a text message? Did you get an anonymous tip? Boy, I'd really love if the House GOP were able to find this guy and haul him in, subpoena him and everyone else that's involved with this thing. Because the more we find out about it, the darker and more sinister it appears. Well, that's right. A lot of people say, move on with January 6th. All Trump supporters know it was a provocateur action, but it's like the string on the sweater that unravels the whole thing. This can show how they engineered the whole thing. With so the I wasn't even planning on talking about it. I wasn't even planning on bringing it up. I said, I said, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll see if we get something. And then I get this photo. And then we find out about the police officer. I said, this, this is real. Okay, this is all happening. This is all happening. It's breaking in real time. Uh, I know Tucker and Darren Beatty are going to be dropping something later tonight around 6 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what they're going to be talking about, but I have been told that they've got a big, a really, really big analysis piece coming out that isn't even involved with the plainclothes officer or this pipe bomb photo that we've had. But I did talk to another EOD officer, a guy who I served with, and he said to me, look, he said, Jack, here's what it is. The fact that it's a, a training aid is meant so that if another law enforcement trained guy, like a bomb disposal guy, EOD guy, explosive ordnance disposal guy finds this, then they would readily identify, snap their fingers, they would know that's not a real pipe bomb. So it's almost like a signal to other federal law enforcement that, hey, this was planted by one of ours. We got 30 seconds, 40 seconds left. Trump's dominating. 30 seconds on the campaign. Look, uh, this 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 campaign is actually getting into a very dangerous place because uh, what we're going to see now is that Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, they are going to continue to push this divide in the party. Now, of course, 
Of course, Trump had an absolute domineering uh, presence in Iowa. They said he wasn't even going to win Iowa. They said Iowa was going to be close. It wasn't close at all. It was a 30-point blowout. Uh, New Hampshire, they're trying a lot of tricks up there. This is, And then Jamie Dimon, all right, Jamie Dimon coming out, by the way, yesterday over at Davos with his little Ukraine flag pin saying, oh, I'm very interested in, you know, MAGA movement. Hey, let me be your secretary of the treasury. And then he turns around and he starts saying how bad crypto is and how evil crypto is and Satoshi's laughing at you and all this stuff. Look, we know what's going on. Alex, the, the next threat of all of this is that the snakes are going to try to get back in. People like Jamie Dimon, who, by the way, was Jeffrey Epstein's banker. That's right. Great, great job, in. Jack Posobiec. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. You can see here the Great Awakening orbiting the Great Reset. Although the depopulation systems of the Great Reset are not yet fully operational, the Great Reset does have a strong conspiracy network. It is protected by a satanic shield, which can be disabled by the Great Awakening. The Great Reset must be deactivated if any victory for humanity is to be accomplished. Once the Great Awakening deactivates the shield, Infowars.com forward slash show will cover the truth, while Infowarriors fly into the superstructure and attempt to knock out the Great Reset. Alex Jones has volunteered to lead the fighter attack. Get a signed copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com.